Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us today online. We're so glad you're with us. Would you write something in the comments so we know who is worshiping with us this morning? Um, last Wednesday, I wanted to let you know, if you didn't see the pictures on Facebook, the youth and kids met in person with social distancing and masks and spread out. And we had uh, six-day creatures come, and uh, they brought snakes and all kinds of uh, a giant frog, really cool animals. And the kids absolutely had a blast. So this Wednesday, the kids and youth are going to be back again in person. The children are going to be outside in the green space, uh, and the youth will be out in the courtyard. So both outside, spread out. For the children, I ask the parents to stay just to help with social distancing, to make sure the kids can spread out. And Catherine Barnes is going to be helping lead our children uh, this week, so you don't want to miss it. Um, Pastor Sam has an awesome online Bible study on Wednesdays, and everybody loves it. Am I right? It's amazing. Um, and write in the comments if you love Pastor Sam's Bible study. If you don't love it, don't write that in the comments. <laughs> so I'm sure you love it. Sunday school, there is two really great Sunday school opportunities to log into each week online. Uh, if you need help doing that, just message right now on the church Facebook page. We'll get you some help to do that. Men at the Well are meeting on Zoom. There's just a lot of awesome things going on here at the church. And I wanted to say a big thank you from the missions team to everyone who uh, brought things for the Christmas stockings and the, um, the items for Striplin uh, Elementary School, the cleaning supplies. So we thank you for that. Will you go with me to the Lord in prayer this morning? Loving God, we are so thankful that we are able to come and worship this morning. We pray that you will help us focus on you. Um, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we worship together, we come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The hymn is numbered 73, O Worship the King.
From home, will you join us in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, good morning, and I'm so glad that you're with us here today. It's wonderful to be able to worship with you. Even if we are not in the same room, I know that we are still connected together. We are connected by the Spirit of God, and we know that you love us. We know that you're with us. If you haven't already, say good morning in the comments, and just let us know that you're worshiping with us today. We continue to do discipleship here with our Bible studies and our Sunday school classes. We continue to worship together. We continue to, um, to being missions together. Uh, we had a great response to our uh, Christmas in July, and we had also a wonderful response as we emphasize our mission school, our, our connection to Stripland Elementary this month. And so thank you for everybody who helped make the teachers and administrators and the staff feel um, a little extra special for the first week of school. We continue to pray for them and we're gathering um, cleaning supplies for them. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being a part of this wonderful church and thank you for your support. We need your continued support. If you, um, if you haven't already done so, go on our church website, fumcgatston.org, and that tells you how you can, can give online. You can put something in the mail, drop it by the church. We need your continued support in every way. And pray for us because we are trying to, to do the best we can with what we're given, just like you all are. And we are learning as we go. So continue to pray for us. Pray for our church leadership. Pray for our staff. And pray for one another. Will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us with a time of worship. Thank you for each person who is tuning in today and who is worshiping with us by YouTube or by Facebook Live. We pray for all those who will sometime in the future come back and be a part of this worship service by doing so online. 
And we pray, Lord, for those whose lives have been affected most by this pandemic, for those who've lost loved ones, uh, for those who are working on the front lines. And we just pray that you would give us all the healing that we need. This world needs your healing, Lord. We pray that you would give the best minds the wisdom and skill that they need to develop the vaccine and help us to get past this, Lord. And help us, Lord, to take with us the lessons that we learn along the way. Uh, because, Lord, we know that we can trust you. And we know that even when times seem bleak, that you're there with us and that you provide for us what we need. You give us comfort. You give us forgiveness. You give us redemption. And we thank you for that. You give us strength to carry on when we don't think that we can. And Lord, you teach us through your Holy Spirit. And so we ask that you teach us even now the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Okay, thank you so much, Ezra and, and Benny and JT. The music is just amazing. I know that you're sitting at home and you're applauding and cheering and saying amen. It's okay. You can put the little clappy hand emojis in the comment line and, and let us know uh, that you are with us. I appreciate that so much. And this, this song that Ezra sang just could not be more perfect because this is an ancient hymn that comes from Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 which we are about to read together right now so turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 and let's read these words of this ancient hymn that Ezra just sang adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus Though he was in the form of God and did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human being, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth and under the earth, might bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several years ago, I heard a story about uh, a young man that was a superstar high school basketball player. I mean, he was recruited by many, many Division I teams, but he ended up choosing uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks, the University of Arkansas. And when this young man arrived on campus, he arrived on campus not like our kids all arrived on campus last week and this week. He arrived with fanfare, he arrived with media attention, he arrived with fans flocking around him wanting his autograph because they knew that he was going to be the next big thing. And nobody could wait until the first home basketball game. 
everybody was excited. There was a lot of buzz and a lot of hype. And you know how sometimes when you have a star player and there's a lot of hype that it's just that. It's just a lot of hype and people don't actually live up to the hype. But not this guy. The first game, the first home game that they had there, uh, this guy completely dominated. He scored 27 points. He pulled down 28 rebounds. He blocked 12 shots. He just dominated the competition and led the Arkansas Razorbacks to, to victory. And the team was jumping up and down and cheering and hugging. The cheerleaders were cheering. The fans were going crazy. The coaches were smiling ear to ear. Everything was great until the post-game interview. Because at the post-game interview, right there on the television cameras, this young man started trash-talking. Now, I don't know if you know what I mean when I say trash-talking. If you've ever played a pickup game of basketball in a gym or on a playground, trash-talking is just kind of part of uh, the, the kind of playground ball game mentality because it's all about talking about how good you are and talking about how bad your opponent is and I'm about to take you to school we'll watch this well you don't have anything well bring it on it's all that kind of thing and it's all kind of in fun and it's all kind of to get in the head of your opponent right but you don't do it in a post-game interview right there on national TV in front of everybody. You just don't do that. So this guy was trash-talking and his post-game interview. And as the story goes, his phone rang. And he pulled his phone out and he saw that it, his, it was his mom. So he excused himself and the um, interviewers went on to the next person or the coach or whatever and he stepped to the side and he said hello mama and his mother started with this she said son I want you to know I am so proud of you you played such a great game you just you did wonderful tonight well thank you mama and his mom continued but you know what after listening to all that trash talking you were doing on the interview I realized one thing I realize that you are in serious need of an attitude adjustment. And when you get home, I'm going to give it to you. And apparently she did. Apparently mama adjusted his attitude because this young man went on to buckle down and he became an all-American player at the University of Arkansas and went on to play in the NBA. So, okay, the moral of all that is this young man's mother provided him with something that we all need from time to time and that is an attitude reset an attitude adjustment okay so are you like me do you need an attitude adjustment ever pastor andy do you need an attitude adjustment he's nodding his head over here we all do okay come on we all do we need it every now and then um We've been talking about resetting things all the month of August, and I guess this is the season of reset. Uh, we, we talked about resetting our priorities. We talked about the reset of forgiveness, how we reset our relationship with God and with our neighbor by, by forgiving. Last week, Pastor Andy talked about the reset of self-care. And let's face it, we sometimes just let things go. 
I think during all of this quarantine time and pandemic time, it's just like we just open the pantry and just like eat everything and we don't sleep well and we don't exercise, we don't take care of ourselves. We need to hit the reset button on that. And today we're talking about resetting, rebooting our attitude. So here's the question. How do we know if we need to reset our attitude? Or do you even realize that the word attitude is even in the Bible? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. It actually is. That word is actually in the Bible. In Philippians 2.5 that we just read uh, in the translation that we read, the Common English Bible and in the NIV, it actually uses the word attitude. In some other translations it says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus attitude would you be willing to kind of go along with me as we kind of dig down deeper into what that word means it's a, a Greek word phroneo that attitude it means to be minded it means to have understanding it means to think but not just to think cognitively it means to to know in our heart to know even in a gut level uh, kind of insight and knowing so when Philippians 2.5 says, adopt this attitude that was in Christ Jesus, what it is saying is, check yourself, uh, monitor yourself, and moderate your attitude, your thinking, your knowing from the inside so that having adjusted inwardly, your outward actions will follow. Check yourself before you wreck yourself is another way of putting it. It means to set your mind um, and to set it in a different direction if it needs to go. Like you would set your television on a particular channel or if you saw that it was set on a channel you didn't want it on, you would reset it to another one. I, I love the examples that we see in the Bible of how, how Jesus had to reset his disciples' attitudes from time to time. And Simon Peter is the greatest. I love Simon Peter's character because he's always opening his big mouth and he's always teaching us, do you ever feel like that sometimes that you identify with him? So one time in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is teaching his disciples. They're walking along. He's teaching them. He's saying, I've got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer many things I'm going to suffer before the elders. I'm going to suffer before the chief priests. I'm going to be crucified. And on the third day, I will rise again. And he's telling the disciples all this. And Peter grabs him by the arm and takes him aside and says to, to Jesus, No, Lord, this is never going to happen to you. This is just not going to happen. And Jesus looks at Peter do you remember what he said? He looks at Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. For you are a stumbling block to me. For you are, listen to this, setting your mind on human things and not on divine things. You need to reset your attitude, Peter. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. So Peter needed an attitude reset. How do we know if we do? Well, what we do is 
since our goal is to adopt the attitude that Jesus had, that's what this scripture tells us to do, what we do is we hold up our attitude and we hold up Jesus' attitude and we see if they look anything alike. So what was Jesus' attitude? Christ had the attitude that chose the power of love over the love of power. Now I'm talking about power and authority here and I want you to think about it for a second. How much power and authority did Jesus have? He had it all. He had 100% all of it in heaven and on earth and every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess, right? Jesus is 100% equal with God Almighty. Equality with God was something that he didn't have to strive after because he already had it. He already had all power, all authority. And yet Christ did not exploit the power and authority he had. Out of love for you, out of love for me, out of love for all of us, he emptied himself and took on human flesh and became 100% human with all of the blood, sweat, and tears that go along with being human he was subject to none of that before, but he chose the power of love over the love of power. So let's hold that up. Let's hold that attitude up, that, that power of love choice up, that not exploiting uh, the power and authority we might hold. Let's hold that attitude up, Christ's attitude, and hold our attitude up and see if they match because maybe we need a reset maybe we need a change and Christ also had an attitude of humility and not an attitude of pride in verse 8 we read these three very important words listen to these words he humbled himself he humbled himself you see, Jesus is giving us an example of what our mindset needs to be. Over and over again, we see scripture after scripture in the Bible that pounds this point home. Humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself. James 4.10 says, humble yourself in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Luke 14.11, Jesus said, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and who humbles himself will be exalted. In James 4, 6, it says that God is opposed, opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So over and over again, that's just a very few scriptures out of many that tell us, humble yourself. So why? Why would we need to do that? Why would we want to humble ourselves? Well, one, because... That was Christ's attitude, and that's the attitude that we want to adopt. And second, and this is just a really practical thing, and you know this, because if we don't humble ourselves, then we will be humbled. <laughs> we will be humbled. It just works like that. So the humble attitude Maybe we can see the humble attitude best by looking at the opposite of it. Sometimes you look at the opposite of something will help you see what you're looking at more clearly. 
The opposite of the humble attitude of Christ is what I call the Lucifer diva attitude. It's an attitude that is proud. It's an attitude that is defiant. It's an attitude that says, don't you tell me anything. I know what to do. I'm always right. I'm always first. I'm always the center of attention. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do because I know best. And if you get in my way, I'm going to run right over you. That's the Lucifer diva attitude. Listen to this uh, scripture from Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. You see the contrast there? You, you, you see the, the Lucifer diva attitude where he exalts himself up next to the Christ attitude that humbles himself. You see the Lucifer attitude that wants it all. And you see the Christ attitude that empties himself. You see the emphasis on the power of love versus the emphasis on the love of power. Humility versus pride. Let this mind be in you. Adopt this attitude. Philippians 2.5 says. And then Christ had the attitude of an obedient servant and not a defiant brat. Verse 7 said he took on the form of a slave. And verse 8 says he became obedient even to the point of death on a cross. Obedient, humble, an attitude of a servant. Again, I hold that attitude up and I hold my attitude up and I say, is that the attitude that I have? Does this look like my attitude? And if it doesn't, well, then it's time for a reset. Now you might be asking yourself, does this actually work? <laughs> you know, if I reset my attitude, does it actually work? Does it actually work? One of my favorite examples in the Old Testament of an attitude reset that actually worked so well was the story of an Aramean military commander named Naaman. You can read his story in 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was a great military commander. He was well respected by his soldiers. He was well loved by his king, the king of Aram, because he was always victorious. He was successful. He was brave. He had all of these things going for him. But Naaman had a big problem. Naaman had leprosy. And one day, a young Israelite girl who was the household servant to Naaman's wife said to Naaman's wife, if only my master could see the prophet of Israel, then God could heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman's wife mentioned this to him. And Naaman was like, I'm willing to try most anything. So Naaman went to the king of Aram and he said, I hear that there's a prophet in Israel and if I go there that I could possibly get healed of this leprosy, would you write me a letter? And the king of Aram said, sure, I'm going to 
write you a letter. So he wrote a letter to the king of Israel and said, I'm sending my servant Naaman to be healed of his leprosy. And he sent along gold and he sent along silver and he sent along fine sets of clothing and all of this stuff, this big entourage goes to the king of Israel. And they present this letter on behalf of Naaman from the king of Aram. Here is my servant Naaman. Here, take care of his leprosy. And the king of Israel read the letter and he just freaked out. He just said, uh, you, you've got to be kidding. I can't cure anybody of leprosy. I, I, the, this Aramean king has lost his mind. He must, be, he must be trying to pick a fight with me. He must want to go to war because this is impossible. I can't do the impossible. But the prophet Elisha, the prophet Elisha heard about the situation. And so he sent word to the king of Israel. And he said, just relax, king. Just tell Naaman to come over to my house. And when he comes over to my house, he will know that Israel has a prophet. That God has a prophet in Israel. So Naaman comes to Elisha's house. I can picture this in my mind. I picture this, this whole big train, this whole big entourage with all of the camels and everything rolling up in front of Elisha's house and Someone goes up and does whatever they did, the equivalent of ringing his doorbell. And Elisha didn't even answer the door. Elisha sent a messenger to the door, and the messenger said to Naaman, Hey, uh, Elisha says that you ought to just go down to the Jordan River and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, and then you'll be healed. So here's where the attitude reset comes in because Naaman in a very prideful and haughty way says who does this who does Elisha think that he is does he not know who he's talking about he can't tell me what to do why in the world would I want to go to the Jordan River and wash we've got a lot nicer rivers back in Damascus where I came from who does he think he is I am not even going to do this and he turns around and he starts stomping off in a huff of anger but his servants Naaman's servants catch up with him and they said hey listen if this prophet had asked you to do something very difficult in order to be healed wouldn't you have done that so how much more should you be willing to do something this simple as what he asked you to do? And you know what? Naaman listened. He listened. Naaman changed his attitude. He reset his attitude, his prideful, angry attitude. And he went down to the Jordan River and he washed himself seven times like Elisha told him to do. And what do you think happened? He was healed. The scripture says that his skin became that of it like a young child's. Attitudes. Resetting our attitude works. So I don't know about you, but Maybe it's time we need to adjust our attitude. My mom um, 
used to get this little devotional magazine called the Daily Guidepost. Has anybody ever heard of the Daily Guidepost? I, maybe she still gets it, but every time I would go to her house, I would always find her Daily Guidepost because I really liked that, that little devotional magazine. Several years ago, there was a story in Guidepost about uh, a woman named Linda who had a friend that they liked to travel together. And so Linda and her friend went to this country. I can't remember what country it was, but uh, they went there on vacation, right? And they thought, this is going to be great. We're, we're in this, this wonderful new place and everything. But they weren't having a good time. They were having a difficult time. They couldn't get the foreign currency exchange down right. They, that Linda had not packed for the cold weather. She, she had packed inappropriately and she was freezing to death. They were having trouble with the language. They were having trouble with this and that and the other and the transportation, the public transportation. And at one point she was like, this is supposed to be a vacation. We're supposed to be having fun. I don't know if you've ever been there and you've ever told yourself, this is supposed to be fun, but I'm not having fun. But Linda's friend saw how frustrated she was, and she took her, her little travel guide. You know how they had those? I don't know if they still have those little travel guides, little booklets. If you go to another country that you haven't been to uh, that tells about the different customs and things. She took her travel guide up, and she gave it to Linda, and she opened it up to page one. She says, here, Linda, this might help you. And she had underlined on page one of this travel guide the following words. When you travel, expect things to be different. And if things are not to your liking, change your liking. Wow. If things are not to your liking, change your liking. You know, I think sometimes the thing that God wants us to do is not to our liking. Right? You ever been there? I have. Sometimes the cup that God wants us to drink is not the cup that we would prefer. <laughs> so what attitude will we adopt? What attitude will we adopt? A defiant, proud attitude? An attitude that says, you can't tell me what to do? Or will we adopt the servant, humble attitude the attitude that chooses the power of love over the love of power. Will we be minded like Christ? I hope we will. Let us pray. And now search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our attitudes. See if there is any wicked and hurtful way in us. Lead us to the reset that is the way everlasting. In the name of Christ, whose attitude we desire to adopt, we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 467. Um, this is one I'll bet that you know. So sing along with us. 467, trust and obey, which is the attitude that we want to adopt today. Number 467.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and may the attitude of the Lord Jesus Christ be in us all, now and forever. Amen. Thank you.